0: So do you like that title this morning? How far will your obedience go? (laughs) We're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 16 this morning. Before we do, I want to share a verse from Psalm 34 through 5. And it says, sing praise to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for a night, but joy comes with the morning. I, um, I've i been encouraged just by, by God's word this morning. And uh, it's interesting that when we talk about obedience, you know, we when we talk about obedience, how far will your obedience go? It's talking about obedience that is both easy and hard. God calls us to it all. It's not just this obedience that is easy all the time. And, uh, this morning we're gonna, we're gonna jump in right into God's word. It, and it starts with hearing and ends with obedience. As parents, one of our worst feelings is knowing that we can't protect our kids all the time. A while back we went, we had the opportunity to go to a hotel. They had this, uh, kids splash pool. And, uh, we told Levi, you can't splash in the hot tub anymore. Get out and go play in the little pool. It was warmer than the bigger pool. So, Nicole and I are sitting there visiting and Judah's in the hot tub with us and we're just having a good time together. And all of a sudden I hear this screeching sound and I think he's drowning. The first thing is, is this big lump comes into my throat and I have this anxiety. He's screaming, but without even turning around, I realize that this screech, this squeal was not one of fear or um, one that said I'm hurt, but one of joy and glee. You know what's interesting is as you spend time with your your kids, as you spend time with other people, you, you come to know what their voice sounds like, both when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're screaming for pain, or they're screaming because they're super excited. I'm like, I tell my kids, knock it off, I don't know if you're hurt or if you're happy. <laughs> the reason I share this story is uh, I've realized through my journey of faith that um in order to know for to know God's voice, we have to spend time with Him. We have to be obedient um, to getting in His Word and communicating and listening and being willing to receive from God. Um, here, I'll move you. See, so you can have your seat. <laughs> but I, I believe that um, hearing it starts with hearing, but then it. it continues with obedience. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter um, Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas, And the vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It's interesting to note in um, in verses 9 and 10 that Paul's real desire... At this moment was to preach the gospel in Asia. We see he made many attempts. He went there. The Holy Spirit blocked him. He went there. uh, It says that Jesus, um, the spirit of Jesus would not allow him. And um, how many of you have wanted to do things before? And you've been blocked and you feel frustrated because of being blocked. And how many of you have been frustrated to being blocked but then all of a sudden this incredible opportunity presents itself and if you would have been not faithful and how many of us know this we are good at kicking down doors that god has closed right or we uh, we rattle that handle till the handle breaks off and we say see god it was open all along right you know i i believe that there are sometimes doors that god will close but he will allow us to if we work hard enough to open that door, even though that's not his intended greatest purpose and plan for us, God allows us sometimes to waller in our ignorance. Yeah. But if we're willing to be obedient when we are trying to go through that door and it's locked and it's very obvious that it's locked, if we're obedient to the waiting upon the Lord, God will open up opportunities of greatness for us. But sometimes the, the time frame just doesn't, just doesn't sit well with our schedules, right? Because we want to be obedient, but we would rather be obedient right now and not wait. <laughs> when, God, when God closes one door, he'll always open another door. That's the thing is, I think that when, when God closes the door, we're not only trying to break down that door. We're looking for any window. How many of you have been locked out of your house before? I have. And you check every window. You check every screen. Luckily, every time we've been locked out, some kid has left some window open. We can pop off the screen and push a kid through the door and say, go open the front door. But that's not the doors that God opens for us. When when the doors that are open to us, they will be obvious. It will not be, should I? You know, I think that sometimes God gives us options, but I think that it's clear when it's God opening a door for us. When God closes a door, he will always open. It's important to know his voice and know that God is a God that opens doors. Um, Something also in these verses um, to note is Paul's willingness to immediately follow. You know, sometimes I think that in our listening to God and following through with obedience, we sit around going, is this you, God? God, make it clear. God, if it's you, let it rain on this side of the church, but not this side of the church. Um, Gideon was really good at that. And and I think that God humors us in our sometimes lack of being willing to jump when he says jump. But Paul didn't even think about it. What does it say? He didn't sit around weighing his options. It didn't say that he spent a month thinking about it, making sure that this was exactly what God wanted. No, it says that he immediately... It's important for us to be obedient, not to question God's will for our lives. Paul and Silas didn't know that their obedience would lead to heartache, but that's what we're about to see. They simply went because God called. And uh, this morning, that's so important to realize is, number one, is it starts with hearing. Are you being obedient to listening to God's voice? And then the second part of that is Hearing needs to be followed by obedience. The second thing that we see this morning is that their vision um, of this man in Macedonia led them to two encounters. The first encounter is found in verse 13. It says on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to a woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, see, I'm like really good at just blurting them out because i acting like I know them. But this one's uh, str- making me struggle this morning. Thyatira, named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she, pre- and she persuaded us. Um, quite a while ago, I talked about missed opportunities. Some of you may have been here for that, but I I believe that this could have been a missed opportunity for Paul and Silas. If they weren't willing to immediately pursue what God had told them to do, if they had chosen to go to, uh, say Asia, like they wanted to. Instead of being obedient to the call to Macedonia, they, they may have missed the opportunity to, to lead Lydia's entire family to the Lord. It says that, um, this woman that listened to them, the, the dealer in purple cloth, she was a worshiper of God. She was, um, like we talked several weeks ago about Cornelius. Cornelius was a man that understood who God was, but didn't understand who Jesus was. This is much like Lydia. She had a base understanding of who God was, but she had not come to the point of salvation yet. Well, Paul and Silas show up on the scene. They start teaching her about Jesus, and she she and her entire household are baptized. Can you imagine what your obedience will lead to if you start taking steps of obedience, listening, even when you don't understand If God says, don't go to Asia, go to Macedonia, take the step of faith and go to Macedonia. Macedonia being a vast majority of different things that are going to take place in your life. We're not talking about Asia versus Macedonia when it comes to your life. We're talking about what's God calling you to be obedient to. And when God calls you to be obedient to those things, step out and do those things. Because God is going to allow for incredible things like an entire household to be baptized and saved. And he's going to use you because of your obedience. I want you to um, see something here. It's really important. And this first encounter, Paul and Silas were still unaware that they would soon experience hardship. But God was gracious to them by allowing To see the life of Lydia and her household saved. You know, I think sometimes. um, Including myself. I want to know. I like a person. I'm a person that wants to know. What's the plan? What's A, B, and C along this road look like? You have an A and a C, but I want to know B. How many of you are guilty of that? And so. Um. I think with when it comes to obedience, it's very it's very easy to walk down a path of obedience when we think that it's going to be easy peasy. But what happens when um, that path of obedience leads to hardship? And that's really is how far will your obedience go? The second encounter is found in verse 16, and it says, as we were going to the place of prayer. We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination, also known as demonic oppression or uh, not oppression, but she was possessed. She had a spirit of divination. Um, I just like to pause real quick and uh, I don't want to point anybody out or make a big deal about this, but there's things in our world that are, uh, that have to do with the occult and witchcraft. We, we can walk down main street and look through some of the windows and see that. Um, one thing that I don't think that sometimes, um, believers realize is that looking at, uh, opening up the paper and looking for your, um, horoscope is not good. It's divination. It's, it's witchcraft. It's all surfacy, and people like, well, what's your sign? Well, my sign is, I don't even know what my sign is because I've never been interested to find out. People go to that, and, and they look, and they say, oh, well, I'm a Torah. I'm a whatever the things are, and this is what's going to happen to me in this next month. It's not from God. And so just a word of caution to our body of believers this morning, if you have been a person that has uh, delved into that and you look it up because you're interested instead of spending the time wasting it on looking it up in the newspaper, spend the time to open up your Bible and read one verse. You'll get more out of that than you will ever that. Okay. Let's move forward. So this girl had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling also making those phone calls for fortune tellers. Not a good thing. She followed Paul <laughs> She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she kept doing this for many days. Let's pause there. You might look at this and say, perfect. This girl's bringing free advertisements to their ministry of Paul and Silas, right? Because what she spoke was truth and people had come to this girl who had divinated and brought, um, basically fortunes to people telling them their futures and they're listening to them. uh, the, this girl, she's speaking truth. And, uh, all of a sudden Paul, he gets, he gets annoyed. He's enough is enough. And he turns around and he says, I command you by in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour, the same spirit that gave Paul the authority over the demons is the same spirit that lives you and you and I, <laughs> but I would caution because there's a portion of scripture that we're going to look at uh, real quick that says, and then the seven sons of Sceva, <laughs> who were religious leaders, tried to cast out a demon in the name of Jesus, and the demon turns and says, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you?" And the demons strip these guys down. But naked and beat them, and they went running out of the house. You do have authority in the name of Jesus, but you must know Jesus in order to uh, live out that authority and so the second The second encounter went this way in verse 19. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had had brought them to the magistrate, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. You know, God has just done something incredible in the life of this girl through Paul and Silas, freeing the slave girl from this misery of demon possession. It wasn't something quaint or beautiful. This, this little girl had went around telling future and giving um, divination for these men making a living off of her. And Paul and Silas, they, they broke that by bringing freedom and casting out this demon They had taken away the opportunity for the owners to make money, and that's what it came down to, money. Both encounters happened when Paul and Silas, uh, with Paul and Silas, they made a difference. God used them in incredible ways. In good times and bad, we have to make ourselves available to God. Hard times often mean that we question God or wonder, where is he at? This God encounter was about to cause... Paul and Silas to do something, what was that gonna be? For me, how many of us have experienced hard hard times in our lives and we sit we find ourselves weeping or throwing a pity party? I am guilty of that. I stand here up here to be honest and upfront and say, there have been times when I face difficulty instead of going to the cross, instead of going to Jesus, instead of worshiping, I sit here and I throw a pity party and say, Woe is me, my life is over, right? Have you ever had a time in your life when you experience great joy like Lydia and bring in an entire family to the Lord for it just to be turned around and then to experience great sadness? Your great jo- day of joy has been now made to a day of horror. For you, what does that look like? For some of us, you've walked through that. You've experienced that. Listening and obedience are not always easy. In verse 22, the crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. When they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering that the jailer keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. What do your bad days look like? Can you remember them? Yeah, that's my point. When's the last time that someone beat you with rods, stripped you naked, beat you with rods, and then threw you into the inner prison. And not only threw you in there, but strapped you down with shackles around your ankles and I'm sure their arms. There's not to diminish your hard days, but I think that Paul and Silas in this case, they win. And it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying And singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Get this. Get this. Holy smokes. They just had the worst day of worst days. And what do they do? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to suffer for you. And they start singing these praises. And they start praying. And what happens because of this? The prisoners listen. They enter in. They experience the incredible mercy of Jesus in that moment. They're looking at this moment and Jesus is causing for these prisoners lives to be changed in this very moment. Because instead of having a pity party, they lived out obedience and started worshiping and praying to God. I'm getting goosebumps here because it's awesome. Hopelessness can always be undone by prayer. Anybody in this room that you're experiencing hopelessness, if you're experiencing hopelessness, Jesus can undo that hopelessness with prayer In place of fear. We do not need more courage. You know, the world says, are you fearful? We'll find more courage. No, instead of finding more courage, find more trust. Because Jesus in trusting him will allow us to be obedient and fear will be cast out because in, in being obedient to Jesus, Jesus perfect love casts out all fear. So start trusting Jesus more instead of, instead of looking for more courage. When you find yourself in the midst of hardship, what's your response? I encourage you this morning in the midst of hardship in the midst of being Um, having devastating days, look to Jesus and start worshiping. I I have a good collection of worship CDs. If you need one, come borrow one. There's, there was a a stack of them out here this morning. If you need something to worship Jesus to, because Caleb sometimes doesn't come on, come borrow a CD and in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, plug in that CD and start trusting Jesus and he will take away whatever's causing that fear in your life. Paul and Silas not only prayed, but they worshiped. I'm guilty of sometimes praying, but not trusting enough to worship. Because I think that it changes our attitude. Yeah, sometimes we come into the midst of uh, hard things and we're really good at praying. But there's something about worshiping. Because worship says, no matter what, I know that you're in charge. No matter what, I know that God... It was in charge And suddenly there was an earthquake, and, all, and so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors, they flew open, and everybody that was bound were unfastened. When we trust God in the difficult times, the doors, the, the gates will fling open, and we will be set free. When the jailer, he woke up, uh-oh, fell asleep. When the when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we, get this, for we are all here. <laughs> not just Paul and Silas. I would like to think that the prisoners, the other prisoners that were pr- Im- imprisoned in this prison, they saw the ability of Paul and Silas to pray and worship in the most difficult situations that I would like to think that their lives were changed in that moment so that when these doors flung open, nobody headed for the hills. Now, get this. We would all be in a great hurt. (laughs) If the prison right down the road, all of a sudden doors and shackles started falling off because people would be jumping fences, beating up guards and destroying Crescent City and Brookings. None of them left. They all stayed there. And the jailer called for a light and rushed in and trembled with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Because what did did it mean for the jailer? Why did he, the first inclination was to grab for his sword? Because he doesn't want to face the consequences of losing an entire prison of prisoners. With fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, our obedience leads people to the question, how can I have some of that? Our worship and prayer in the midst of disagreeable circumstances cause people to say, how can I have that? What? What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. It's as simple as that. We talked about that a few weeks ago. There's nothing more that needs to be added. It's funny because last week we left talking about um, nothing added to salvation. We go to lunch and some of our friends that grew up in a different um, kind of church than us were at lunch. We sat there and had this incredible discussion about grace plus nothing equals salvation. And she's like, well, I always thought it was. Baptism. And I always thought it. Guys. There's a lot of Christians out there. That think that. There's all these other conditions. Of salvations. But. Paul and Silas. In this moment say. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke. In the word of the Lord. To him. And to all who were in his house. And he took them. That same hour. Of the night. And washed their wounds. And he. And they were baptized. At once. He and his entire family. (laughs) Then. He brought them up into his house and he set food before them and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Your difficulties in your life will not only enhance our life, but they could cause others lives to be changed. It all depends on how you respond to difficult circumstances. Will you be obedient or will you run for the hills in the midst of chaos? I look at the story of this jailer. I don't think that he really had an understanding of why they were even there. But he looked at them and he was radically changed because. Jesus did an incredible work in that moment of darkness. And not only did he pat them on the backs, clamp down their shackles back down on them. He closed the door. He said, Hey guys, we'll be back in a while. He went and cleaned them up. He went and fed them. And then his entire family was redeemed for the Lord in that moment. And I look at this situation and I just say, God, what are you calling me to do in order to see such incredible change take place in Brookings? What do you want me to do? And being obedient so that we see Lives change for eternity and not only one person comes to Jesus, but they say, I found the solution for life and it is Jesus Christ. Come with me because you need it too. And you and you and you and you and our entire families are saved. We saw this on the day of Pentecost. Thousands of people come to the Lord. We see this a few years later, months, weeks, years later. Thousands of people in droves are coming to Jesus. What is the barrier that are keeping people from coming to Jesus? Jesus. Don't let it be your lack of obedience. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was, who was given to us. Whatever you're going through, whatever it is, look at it and say, Yes, God's producing character in me. And character will lead to hope, and hope does not disappoint or put to shame. We can look at death in the eyes. We're doing that right now with my grandfather. And we say, Death, where is your victory? It has no victory. Death wears your sting. It has no sting. And in being obedient, we can see people's lives change for eternity. Obedience is key. But first you must listen. Listen and obey. And God will give you encounters like Lydia and this demon-possessed girl. But you got to be willing to walk through the doors that God opens and leave the doors shut that he has shut. Stop being Stop being combative with those doors. Stop ripping off handles and uh, kicking down doors when God's closed the door. I'm really good at that, and I've been really good at that. And and it's just through maturity that you realize I don't have to kick down doors because God's going to open up the door that I'm supposed to be walking through. God is good, Father God. We thank you. We thank you that we can walk in obedience, that you are faithful in the midst of hard times. May we worship. And praise you right here and right now. Lord, you are a good God. There is none like you. Not throughout history and not today. And God, we will glorify you this day. Be glorified in us as we worship you, Lord. May we find incredibly blessed lives. And may we be a blessing to those around us. Father, God, help us have Lydia's in our lives. That we're able to lead to you and their whole families get saved. May we be influences like Paul and Silas to this jailer whose life was changed forever. May we bring hope to those that that are even like the jailer about to kill themselves. About to bring ruin upon themselves. May we be people that speak hope, life, and truth into people's lives so that their lives are changed forever. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified through us. As we pursue you, may we experience in you in ever increasing ways. In your name we pray. Amen.